previously on Box Cutters. So don't do it. Brett stalks him. Hmm? No, no, he... Bump, bump into him. He and his family stalk me. <laughs> he and his family. Yeah, uh-huh. not, not stalk, Jack, his, his stalk, missus and daughter. Stalk me backwards. That they sounds st- wrong. They stalk me from in front. Okay, can we stop? It's sounding weird. It's, you just, you make it dirty. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 318. Just put up with it. Just put up with it. <laughs> my name is Josh Canal. To my left, Courtney Hawking. Hello. To my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. Hey, to my very leftist, mm-hmm. we have our uh, special guest donor, Paul He's Jackson. He's coming with his spare kidney. No, he's uh, no, he's he, he was a uh, he donated uh, 150 bucks oh, to the right. South oh. by Southwest fund. Do we not That's need a... the ice bath? No. I bought all that ice on the way in. God damn it! You can still sell the street value. It's amazing. <laughs> Bet Aria. <laughs> Speaking of that, we are going to talk about Breaking Bad later on uh, later on in the show. But right now, I want to speak to uh, Paul Jackson. Y- you might know him as Bolden. Uh, on the on, on the blog, uh, that's that's the name that you post with. That's one or, of them. It's I think. one of them. Uh, you like to post five times, each with a different opinion. That's great. <laughs> that's fine. Each personality. All different personalities. Yeah. <laughs> Paul has been listening from almost the very beginning yes. of of box cutters. You've you've been you've been a part of the box cutters family for a very long time. Yeah, it was episode three or four, I think. Um, yeah, I've been around for a little bit, I suppose. He's been here longer than me, which yeah. makes me uncomfortable, quite frankly. Re- really? Yep. Really? What about how much he keeps just prodding you in the arm? <laughs> That's fine. Is that fine? That's not making Normally, Brett does that, so yeah. just traded someone in. Yeah, it's all right. That's mm. good. Uh, now, but Paul's been very excited to, to come in here. I'm really excited to have him here. I want to say I'm really grateful for that. Not not only for the financial support. You're you're a regular donor, and uh, and and then you also donate to the to the South by Fund. Uh, but all, just the the words of support mean so much. So thank you very much, and thanks for coming in. No problem. It's a pleasure. Do you want a pash? Do you want me to get out the way? No, you stay. Oh, and then you oh, get a pash. Wait, that sounded way dirty. <laughs> it really it was meant did. To. You stay. <laughs> Paul Jackson, how do you watch TV? Mainly two ways. We watch it um, through Foxtel with our IQ2. So we just basically everything on delay, so all the free-to-air stuff so we can skip the ads. Um, And then other things that uh, my wife and I are a little keener on, we um, obtain through through nefarious means and Mm -hmm. um, stream stream to our PlayStation and watch them on the TV in the lounge room. But nothing live to air? Uh, no, not normally. So normally, probably at the closest is sort of twenty minutes after it starts, and then we we'll just we might catch up towards the end. But no, mm. no, nothing, nothing you're live. Not, really. You're not behoven to the networks in any way, shape, or form. No, I like it. That's good. Mm. That's, yeah, no. that's how TV should be. Yeah, we're going to talk a lot more about that Excellent. later on in uh, in this episode with some news, but also with an I don't buy it. Uh, Freeview have a new ad we're going we're gonna to cover. Connie, you're going to talk about Breaking Bad and Mad Men. Yes, and masculinity in the oh. postmodern world. It's interesting, I think. It's not don't, don't as turn off. theoretical don't turn off. as it sounds. It's, it sounds it's really fun. It sounds really theoretical. It's not. It sounds really theoretical. Paul, you've requested that you can uh, that, that you can take your headphones off, sit back, and just watch the magic happen. <laughs> I don't think I use the word magic, but yes, <laughs> the magic. Hap- uh, Brett, will you? Did he say magic? He totally he totally said magic. I remember magic. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, I, I, I took out the word superb. But Paul has also admitted to us that when he listens on his uh, on his long commute, he he likes to talk to the. Uh, he t- likes to get involved. He likes to, he likes to get involved, which a lot of people who listen to the show do, and a lot of people have told us that they are screaming at <laughs> their obscenities. obscenities, but on a tram or, <laughs> or on, on some kind of public transport. So people so listen to it on public transport, and they're like having a chat with us, even though we can't hear you. Well, having a chat slash yelling, yelling. Uh, no, it was Arnold Jackson, not Willis Jackson, who did that crazy thing when he wanted to look like Mr. T, and, uh, you know, th- things like that. So Paul will often uh, scream at us mm-hmm. he or won't with tell, us. He doesn't want to tell us what he says, though. I know, but I'm. I just want. I just want him to feel comfortable <laughs> yeah. being just natural. I want. You, we the, want you to enjoy box cutters as you normally would. As you normally would. Excellent. It's good. So, if you do want to call out during the show, uh, off my. If people hear that, that's what it's going to be. Don't hold back. Yeah. Oh, just okay. Thanks. 
Thanks so much for, for coming in, Paul. As always, we're going to... What, what do we do normally? Um, you kick things off with the box cutter news. Oh. Brett Cropley, who is Paul Henry and why should I care? Uh, from from when he first came to this country, uh, in the words of the Sydney Morning Herald, Paul Henry is smug. He's a rich, self-satisfied right-winger who's rude about Hispanics and gay parents. He described British singer Susan Boyle as retarded and mocked an environmentalist for, imp- uh, for appearing on his show Sporting Hair on her upper lip. Oh, my Lord. I'm disgusted. And clearly, she would have just been against deforestation. What's the problem with Hispanics? Like, isn't that just taking another country's problem and pretending it's ours? Well, this, don't we, ha- we don't have a problem with but Hispanics. But this is his attitude when he was in New Zealand. He's from New but Zealand. But did New Zealand have a... The people is, in New Zealand is, have a problem with Hispanics? He's, yeah, he's is quite there. a big deal in New Zealand. Right. Okay, so that's not really saying a lot to me, to be honest. So, so he's so affirmed. Now, now he's a co-host of Channel 10's breakfast show, which uh, <laughs> I, I believe is, is uh, hitting hitting numbers as high as thirty-two thousand mm. viewership. It is, it is definitely hitting Almost thousands. Lower, lower double figures. He he's actually uh, as reported on TV tonight uh, apologised. For uh, his comments made about asylum seekers should be allowed to starve to death, uh, allowed in, to in regard to uh, to a hunger strike that's uh, going oh, on currently. Of course. Of course. Um, now, now, so, hang on, Paul so, Henry was was specifically uh, put into position by Lachlan Murdoch, who's. Uh, CEO over at Channel 10 yep. at the moment is, is yep, that's right. that house. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm yeah. interested in this as a movement along with the Shire and also the Bolt Report and turning the you know extremely unpopular breakfast show into something with a shock jock on it. Are they shock jocking the whole network? Is that the plan now to create that sort of vibe? Well, uh, if, if we take into account uh, uh, Carrie Bickmore's... Uh. Uh, accidental blunder. Let's call it an accidental blunder. A, a, a couple of weeks ago, uh, and uh, which I don't think was accidental. Mm. So what what happened there? Uh, oh, Carrie Bickmore uh, says that she misread the auto cue and mispronounced Qantas. mispronounced Qantas. Uh, I've had somebody from. Now, not not officially, but someone uh, who works with the project say to me that it was an honest misreading of the word Qantas where the word customer was directly underneath it. Uh, I am not really that convinced by uh, by by that argument, mostly because uh, Carrie Bickmore is a professional uh, newsreader. She reads off an autocue every, every night and anyone who has grown up in Australia the the word Qantas is so mm. embedded in in our brains. It's it's really hard to and, and, to and misread. And a word with a Q, you wouldn't start it with a C. And additionally, straight after that, uh, there was a comment of uh, YouTube.com, I believe, is yeah. the website you're looking for. So, and that you know, and that might just be Charlie thinking quickly on his uh, on his feet. But the thing is, he said it. He said it. It made it sound like it could have been premeditated, whether or not it it was. Whether or not it was premeditated by the entire team, I think is is irrelevant. I don't believe it was an accident. Uh, and I'm not saying that producers knew about it. I'm not saying anyone particularly knew about it. But this is a thing that was definitely going to get headlines in the same way that this mm. Paul Henry stuff is something that is definitely going to get headlines. And an apology for saying something ridiculously offensive... I just don't think is enough anymore. There, there was a, an incident in uh, in Victoria with John Michael Howson, uh, who uh, said something ridiculously mm. offensive, apologised, and got like a two week ban from from being on air. That's right. He called Julian Assange's mother a Nazi sympathiser and s- drowned her out while she was talking by saying "Sig hail, Sig hail." Thanks, mate. And I have a theory that uh, free speech is a right. 
Mm. But broadcasting belongs to the people. The airwaves belong to the people. And a certain amount of responsibility needs to be taken by people who broadcast to not say these ridiculously offensive things and be aware of the power that their voices have. Mm. I believe this is the case with Paul Henry. I believe Paul Henry does not deserve to be on our airwaves. He is free to podcast, do whatever he wants, but something that belongs to the people of Australia, he should not actually be on. It's tricky though because I mean I know I know exactly what you mean, but there's two sort of issues. One being Channel 10 doesn't belong to the people of Australia. It belongs to Lachlan Murdoch and the shareholders. But their licence belongs to the people of That's Australia. That's true, yep. But the, sorry, there is a responsibility there, I agree. But then also the mass media currently competes with the internet where anything goes, essentially. And so... To, to sort of have hold it to a higher standard in one way and say these things are not appropriate but you can do it here, it sort of becomes a bit of a tricky thing in that how, how they compete with the fact that they're losing their audience to, you know, online um, ways of broadcasting or narrowcasting, as the case may be, versus, you know, still trying to maintain their business. There is a, a huge danger that, for us, Channel 10 is going to end up being... Fox News. Line. Like Fox News. Yes. Which is, that's that was the point I was making before. I feel like they've they've seen that in the market of what they can do with a television network at the moment, the best thing they can do is create a bit of a stir and, you know, spice up their shows that they have by doing it that way. Which is, there, there is a difference in taking a stand and being... Uh, and being ridiculously uh, offensive. Now, yeah, and they're not making the, a point about anything. The stuff <laughs> that shit. the stuff that you said earlier, Brett, uh, that Paul Henry has said in the past uh, about Hispanics and gay parents are these things that he has said in this country or in another country? This was uh, in New Zealand before he came over. Uh, this was actually an article written by a Kiwi saying, "Is your problem now? Do you think it's going to increase the ratings for for Channel Ten Breakfast?" Do you think more people are going to watch him just because he uh, he says outrageous things? And he's getting the headlines. I mean, they, mm. they have to do something. They should have axed that show a long time ago, but they're keeping it because it was Lachlan Murdoch's baby, essentially. And the problem is, until the end of this year, they've got James Warburton, who actually knows how to program and run a network, on gardening leave. So they can't ask him to do his job. So mm. they've got... Which is this contractual thing with uh, Channel 7. That's right. So they have Murdoch there, who doesn't have a bloody clue, trying to guess his way to the end of 2012 before they can get someone to sort it out. And and what does he know? Like, he's he's son of Murdoch. What's he going to do? Things on Channel 10 at the moment just seem to me like an episode of Black Mirror. Uh, This Paul Henry stuff is not an accident, and I don't think apologising is nearly enough if he if he apologizes and he never says anything outrageous like that again then yeah he he was truly sorry well it's essential it's essentially that you know that tony abbott theory of of better, better to, to do it. Uh, ask for forgiveness than permission that's right so i think that's the whole mentality behind it all and considering the bolt reports one thing they've kept and same with the morning show when they axe the circle it seems that perhaps that's more of the prevailing mentality that they're going with at channel 10 now which is a shame mm-hmm. It's Bring back the Simpsons repeats 24 hours yeah. a day, idiots. Yeah. That was awesome. And the circle the circle uh, employed a lot of my friends. <laughs> so I think Channel 10's in, in a lot of trouble, unlike the ABC. No, that's doing, right. Doing, doing amazing good. stuff. Mm. All right. So, Brett, do you remember back when we started this show uh, in 2005 and uh, we were talking about torrenting television and a lot of people didn't know how to do it and we were saying at the time... Networks better learn to start putting their putting their shows up day and date with the US, or else people are going to turn off mm-hmm. and then uh, and start torrenting. And then torrenting got more and more popular. Uh, and then at one point in I think two thousand and eight, Australia became the uh, the biggest pirating nation. <laughs> yes, we're number one. We're and- living our childhood <laughs> dreams. We're the pirates we always wanted to be. And uh, and uh, broadband uh, became ubiquitous enough that we could start saying to, to networks, hey, networks, you really need to pu- start putting these shows on mm. online when they happen. Mm. 
because otherwise you're going to be left behind. And they just kept whinging. Was, ah, the people are pirating. Ah, that's how money's going down the drain. Which is how networks sound, mm, if you've exactly. ever spoken to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've spoken to them a lot. That's how, that's how that's worked up until last week. Dun, dun, dun. Last week, the ABC uh, announced that they were going to have the new episode of Doctor Who... <gasps> Online, available on iView as soon as it has finished airing in the UK. Oh, my. Right? Exciting. My goodness. And then when are they going to put it on air? For the people without computers? Saturday night. A week later. Good Lord. I know. It's crazy. I know. So people with computers, get it, day and date, (gasps) can actually watch it on their broadband. Legitimately. Legitimately. At at that quality that's on iView, though. It's It's not standard def, let alone high def. Well, well, that's not bad though. No, no, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's eminently viewable. Yeah, it's hung, hung over like a twenty-two-year-old. I was <laughs> on Sunday morning, so not awfully. And you had to go to your job at Kmart. Yes. Awkward. Yeah. Anyway, I know, hard. <laughs> Making the most tough. of it. I was, I was pretty hungover on uh, on on Sunday morning, but awake at nine o'clock and just and and in that weird, the walls won't be where they should be, mm. uh, but I also can't fall back asleep thing. I thought, <gasps> Doctor Who's up. Opened up my uh, iView player on, on the iPad, watched it, and it was fine. Mm-hmm. It was fine to watch. I didn't miss anything from having uh, lower definition. And there are limitations with, uh, with, with the amount of, of broadband that we have and the amount of bandwidth that the mm. ABC has. I think it is an entirely acceptable compromise mm-hmm. from the uh, fr- from the audience point of view. Gizmodo feels otherwise. Surprise! Gizmodo thinks that uh, that uh, the six forty by three sixty uh, screen that uh, iView has mm. is not good enough, and now people want it in high definition. Ugh, They're going to need it in high definition. Where does it end with you people? And they are going to have to download it in high definition, and it is only the ABC's fault. See. I was a young girl when I was a young girl we only had a black and white television right mm-hmm. black and white tv with doctor who on it you could just make out the daleks in the background oh it's a oh it's a dalek that was enough for us yeah settle down grandma no, the, you, had, uh, you had black and white tv yeah I had one we had one yeah, yeah. the uh we were poor <laughs> <laughs> also I'm only 12 we were really poor mm. the uh so, so there's there's that issue. Uh, Gizmodo put put out uh, that before surprise nerds in unhappy about uh, nerd things shock. That being said, on the first day that the episode was available on iView, mm-hmm. over seventy five thousand views. Whoa. wow, that's a lot. That's heaps. That and is... and is that paid for by the taxpayer? Yeah, it's totally paid for by the taxpayer. Good gracious. See, I'm interested then, I mean, in terms of as a mode of broadcasting, sure, the ABC can do it, but the networks, if they can't sell advertising, how are they going to do something like this? Well, they can sell advertising. In in the US, we've seen Hulu uh, is ad-supported and and that works. Uh, I think think a couple of networks, although I don't don't watch a lot of the network stuff on... uh, online here mm. uh, but I've watched a couple of things and they do have ad breaks throughout so a one right. hour show might have four breaks okay d- during it where where you will get uh, where you'll get an ad they are trying those revenue models mm. but the thing is none of them have a player anywhere near as good as I view yeah it is and great and the, the amount of content on there is remarkable mm. I think it's fantastic mm. so so congratulations uh, ABC and yeah. just shut up Gizmodo with your whinging yeah, look. If you want it in high quality, download it like a pirate, like you did last week, yeah. nerd. Brett, you're an uh, you're an MKV fiend. You uh, you <laughs> I love the. I, I do go the high definition if they're available. Yep. Uh, and you bit. and you made that comment about, uh, but only in no no no. I, I wasn't saying that. I wasn't insinuating that it was that it was unwatchable. I, what. The point I was making was that it's available in my view at that resolution, mm. but it actually comes out at high def, or sorry, standard def, uh, on the Saturday night on on the broadcast channel on ABC One. Yeah, right. So, so they so, are saving something, and that is the box cutters news. What does a man do? What a man provides, and he does it even when he's not appreciated. <laughs> 
or respected or even loved because he's a man. Courtney, you said, oh, I want to do this thing about postmodern America and Breaking Bad and uh, and Mad Men. Mm. And I said, okay. <laughs> and that was pretty much how we planned this week's episode of Box Cutters, wasn't it? <laughs> so I've, I've no idea what your thesis is. It's not a thesis. But I'm just nerdy. I'm willing to give you extra credit. <laughs> uh, See, now, all right, okay. So essentially, I've been. Have you guys been watching the latest season of Breaking Bad? I I have. You have. have. Yep. Okay. And did you watch the last season of Mad Men? Uh, No, I didn't. You didn't. I didn't. Why was that? Uh, Because I've not been able to get through the first season of Mad Men. Really? Yeah. Just just like me. I I just, I just can't get through it. I've, I've bought the first two seasons. Mm. I have them. Uh, They remained in, uh, in. The, the shrink wrap. Mm. I've tried and I've tried a couple of times to get through the uh, the first season of, of Mad Men. So you given it a go I and it just, just doesn't. Get, I just get bored. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. It's interesting um, because I've been I've been thinking about um, while I've been watching Breaking Bad and and there's not going to be any spoilers for this season for anyone that hasn't caught up. There's just going to be sort of broad talking about um, some of the stuff that's happened, but nothing that I think is a surprise if you've seen. Gus Fring get half his head blown off in the final episode of what? season four. What? <laughs> no, that doesn't happen. Well, but it's, the, it's it's season five now. If you yeah. haven't seen season four, as far as I'm concerned, screw you guys. Screw you guys. Has it aired in Australia? What is this a thing now? <laughs> I don't know. When was this a thing? It is it 1996? It used to be. A it's thing. not, is it? No. It Anyway, anyway, so... So, the current season of Breaking Bad is basically Walter White um, having defeated Gus Fring in, in the last season. Now, he's kind of... He's kind of king of the heap. And you can see that in the advertising. You can see that he is um, the king, basically. They describe him as it's, it's good to be king. Mm. Um, and it's been making me think a little bit about how uh, his sense of agency is so important in this show. So I went back recently and watched the first episode of Breaking Bad altogether. And in the very first episode, he finds out quite late on in the piece that he has cancer, probably about 20 minutes in. And um, you see him as a science teacher going to high school and hanging out with Skylar. He has his 40th birthday, which becomes a his 50th birthday. 50th. Yeah, uh, his birthday becomes a repeating coda. But you can see in the very first episode, before he finds out he has cancer and, and sort of goes, you know, rogue, you can see that he doesn't have any sense of control in his life. When he's teaching the science class, the kids are mocking him. They're ignoring him. They're rude to him. He's trying to explain his excitement about science, but it's not really flying. No one really cares. Um, Skylar's quite rude to him. His breakfast bacon is veggie bacon. It's not even real bacon. And he's unhappy, but she's whatever. She doesn't care. She's kind of in charge. And you can kind of see the seeds of him wanting more for himself than the life that he has. And it's been making me think a little bit about how uh, Breaking Bad and also Mad Men and sort of to an extent Dexter kind of show how in in a kind of postmodern way despite the fact that uh, Mad Men is set in the 60s how men are not so comfortable with this idea of how the world should be equal and uh, sort of I don't know, not dominated by women, but you can see that Walter White specifically is very emasculated in that first episode. Mm. And it only comes to his sense of agency and his sense of masculinity. It only comes to him right at the end after he's cooked meth with Jesse and they have that wonderful montage, which they have every season. Um, And then he goes home and he fucks Skylar. And there's no other word for it. He fucks her. Um... And you can see that he's kind of come alive again. In the current season, he says that. Someone's actually, in the first episode, he says that. Jesse's like, are you, you know, crazy or something? Is that what this, you need to tell me if you're crazy? And he says, no, I've never been more alive. Um, and I think it's a really interesting way to see his discomfort with his job um, and his discomfort with the suburban life that is supposed to make people happy um, doesn't work for him. And then this exercise is a very... Um, in making meth and kind of taking over that world. And each season he's fighting, you know, um, the gangs in one season. The first season he's kind of fighting against his and Jesse's kind of inability to do what they're doing and not screw it up, basically. And then in the most recent season he's kind of taking on the world, as it were. Um, It's kind of him completely embracing that fairly sort of 
baby boomer kind of idea of masculinity like i'm the man of the house i'm doing these things i'm doing this for my family despite the fact the family are like they can't live their lives with him doing all these things like jesse can uh walt jr can barely have breakfast Uh, yeah but you can kind of see it's kind of bad parenting for him as well like he's like i'm doing this all for my kids and he doesn't spend any time with his kids like he buys walt jr a car at one point but they don't spend time together this is a a really interesting thing that you've that you've brought it about those three shows, Mad, Mad Men, Dexter, and uh, and Breaking Bad, all of which started about the same time. Yeah, uh, they are all about a, one man searching for for an identity. Yeah, and and the fact that their their work that they do in different ways isn't satisfying them um, completely in the sense that it should be, or that they they're sort of told that it should be. And they're all a little bit antisocial. Yeah. They're not ideal specimens of manhood. Like, they're not, you know, masculinity. Um. Well, because that, that, first, that first episode of, of Mad Men mm. is all about, you know, the, the task is, is about how can I sell cigarettes better. Yes. Uh, the first episode of Breaking Bad is about, well, how can I learn to cook meth? Essentially, uh, and the or how how can I how can I get away with cooking meth? Mm. Uh, and the first episode of Dexter is really, hey, I also like to kill people. Yeah, I, in, yeah, secret. But this is my secret life that actually fulfills me. Yes, and in all of these, there has to be that, and you can kind of see as as kind of traditional as Mad Men is in this this time that it is set and the things it talks about it's kind of also the most atypical of the three as well because you can see at the beginning we we meet Don Draper and we see him as he's amazing at this job and everyone's so bowled over by what a perfect dude he is and then it just unravels as it goes on and on and then in the most recent season of Mad Men you can see that he's completely come away from the idea that he is what his job is and he is the person that he's made for this job because he's, you know, he's got his secret identity thing and all that sort of stuff. Um, and you can see the in this in a kind of other interesting way, I think that a couple like Mad Men and Breaking Bad have, you can see the generational differences as well because in, in Mad Men, Don, you're supposed to be a man with a job and that's who you are and he's got a young girlfriend who wants to be an actress and he's sort of supportive but he's kind of confused by it a little bit so he's in a time where there's a lot of change in the 60s and and with some feminism and she's much more independent than him and you see the younger men like the accounts men sort of meeting like younger hippies who are partying and stuff and one of them goes to a um a kind of uh, i can't think of the name of it like in the 60s when they did a lot of Hare krishna kind of stuff a soul searching yeah. group a retreat yeah. kind of yeah, kind of, but like he cult. sort of meets, yeah, he meets a cult and he sort of hangs out with them and you can see in him, because he's a bit younger, he's already searching for the fact that it's not he is not what his job is, whereas in Breaking Bad, it, he kind of makes that break really early on and you can see that discomfort he has with his job. So I don't know, I just, I'm interested in how they show, and the same with Dexter, how they show that there's a disconnect between the lives that people have and they show everybody through their work that they do or sort of what people expect of them and the things that actually make them, give them agency and make them full as human beings. All three of those shows also show uh, suburbia as a kind of death. Mm, yes, absolutely. That uh, that Paul is laughing because he, he lives uh, in suburbia. Uh, it's not my fault. And uh, they all show suburbia as a, as a kind of death. Uh, to to the point where, as you get further into uh, into Breaking Bad, the house gets darker and darker until in uh, in, in the most recent series, it is just you can ba- you can barely see anything on the screen. It's just like you can't. There's just shadows everywhere. That's it. In uh, in Mad Men, suburbia is is about where life doesn't happen. Mm. That's that's the kind of death it is. It is there. Life happens in the city. It happens in Manhattan. Mm. And life is kind of stagnated in in the suburbs. In Dexter, mm. uh, suburban life is uh, is about pretending to be something you're not. Exactly, it's right. about killing your true self. Yes, that's right. There's no, but and and in all of those shows as well, there's a sense that there's some woman 
like in in Mad Men, it's um, Pete Campbell's wife. In Dexter, it's Rita. Yeah, Bob um, Vampire. And then in Breaking Bad, it's Skylar. The home is a, a feminine space that uh, they want. It's kind of almost this sort of baby boomer idea of what home is for people. Like, you come here and you are in my space and I'm the woman who is in charge of it. In the very first episode, she just, he comes home for his birthday and she tells him off. Like, she's a pain in the ass from the start, Skylar. Like, she doesn't get any better. I can't tell if she's just badly written or she can't act or both. Yeah, I'm going with uh, mostly the latter, but... Mm. uh, it's kind of it's kind of beside the point because yep. the uh, the the thing is yes there are these there are these feminists or these these feminine spaces mm. and there's but they're so um, they sort of represent like they're so repugnant to the male characters and it's it's decaying them to be there like it it's actively taking away something from them to have to be a part of it is there a is there a, a sense though that these are uh, misogynistic shows. I don't think necessarily. I think it's. I think it's kind of raised in an interesting way, and I was thinking about that as well. And it's funny how people talk about Mad Men. Mad Men as, um, oh, it's so you know, like, what's the difference between representing sexism and it actually just being sexism because you don't have any black people and you don't like you know racism or mm. whatever. Um, but it's interesting. Out of the three shows, the most well-rounded uh, women in those are the women in Mad Men. Because there's such a wide range of different women in different areas, but in in the in the world that they're in, they buy into, you know, the strong female characters are buying into the men's world. You don't get the feeling that they are bringing their world to the men. Mm-hmm. It's like some of them buy in and some of them don't. Um, and then in Dexter, you sort of got it set up with him and Deb. Um, Deb's kind of the ultimate antagonist to Dexter's protagonist, um, and she's. Also in a very masculine world as well um, of the police, but I, I don't, I don't know, I don't feel that it seems sexist. But when I think about it, they're all very masculine shows anyway, and there aren't any other shows that I can think of that show women doing, you know, like women playing all the characters and some men, you know, fighting with them to try and make them more masculine but failing. Well, I, that would also be a, I think, an unrealistic. An unrealistic look at, at those particular worlds. Yeah, as, well, as those well. specific ones. But if, but if, when you when you think about what the flip side of that would be, it would be, you know, like a, a woman who's in the home and then she goes to the workplace and realizes suddenly she's I don't know made complete by doing this and her family wanted to stop doing it because it puts them in danger and you don't which, see that which i think i think actually did happen on growing pains oh really i think i think on on growing pains mrs siva wanted to go back to work and the family didn't just no want, not into but it she really really did wanted she go? to do it she did oh good for her she did but yeah, growing know, pains but, was really a, a very forward you know what time. i mean though. I, I do know what you mean yeah. it's i don't think the shows specifically themselves are sexist but if you look at television as a pattern it's shock it's terrible you know, it's always it's always a story about men, and then you know, Breaking Bad is particularly bad. The female characters are rubbish. Like you know, there's Marie and Skylar, and that's kind of it. I, I actually think that Breaking Bad is is a, a misanthropic show, and I think Mad Men is also a misanthropic show. Mm. Uh, they uh, and and it's it's kind of my problem with with both of them. Mm. Uh, there was th- there has been one character that I've really enjoyed in. In Breaking Bad, and that's Mike. Mike. And this goes back to uh, to John Richards' thing of if you want someone to to be respected, show that they're good at their job. Yes, which and Mike yeah. is the only person who is really good at his job in uh, in in Breaking Bad. Mm. In in Mad Men, in Mad Men, no one I've, I haven't seen anyone be good at their job. They're all just kind of lucky. Don Draper is good at his job, and I think it's quite remarkable having spent an interminable couple of years working in advertising myself I'm quite impressed at how you know how they fluff it a lot on shows like I'm going to use a terrible example on the bold and the beautiful it's all supposed to be like the fashion world and they're like the greatest fashion family in the world Mm -hmm. but the clothes are always awful like you wouldn't see them anywhere they're awful Um, so the example of their amazing work that they're telling you is amazing is always shit right whereas with Breaking Bad um, with Mad Men when he pitches for something or with the cigarette line in the first one and then later in the current season he um, 
he sells in, uh, he gets a race car account which is sort of this symbol of him getting his masculinity back. Um, and he doesn't really want to, and then, but he gets his mojo back and he sells it in and they get the account. Um, but the examples they use for things like that are always really good, which is so rare in television. Like I'm always like, yeah, that is a good pitch. I would, you know, I would be impressed by that. The one with the car, he, he does this example of how um, when you see a beautiful car, it's a lot like when you see a beautiful woman. Like you want to have it, you want to own it. You want mm-hmm. it to be yours because it makes you look better. You must get tired of hearing what a beautiful thing this car is. But I've met a lot of beautiful women in my life. And despite their protestations, they never tire of hearing it. But when deep beauty is encountered, it arouses deep emotions. Because it creates a desire. Because it is, by nature, unattainable. When I was driving the E-Type... I passed a 10-year-old boy in the back window of a station wagon and I watched his eyes follow. He'd just seen something he would want for the rest of his life. He'd just seen that unattainable object speed by just out of reach. Because they do that, don't they? Beautiful things. Then I thought about a man of some means reading Playboy or Esquire, flipping past the flesh to the shiny painted curves of this car. There's no effort to stop his eye. The difference is, he can have a Jaguar. Oh, this car. This thing, gentlemen. What price would we pay? What behavior would we forgive? If they weren't pretty, if they weren't temperamental, if they weren't beyond our reach and little out of our control, would we love them like we do? Jaguar. At last, something beautiful you can truly own. So that's that's taking all of all of that, all of everything that you've just said, yeah. into into one one episode. Yeah, that's right. I can see why why you like these shows so much. Uh, I can see there there is clearly a lot of thought that that goes that goes into them. Mm. With Breaking Bad and Mad Men as well, I have gone back to rewatch them and I can't I can't watch them again and I don't know why and I think I suspect with Breaking Bad it's partially because so much of it relies on that uh, adrenaline and anxiety you feel the whole time like mm-hmm. the whole season is always slowly winding you up to oh my god what's going to happen and every episode has that especially because they, they often show you the last scene of the season at the start yes and then all the things that lead up to that's it. right so it's why it's, it's such a engaging show that people love to watch as soon as it comes out but it's also why when you go back to watch it a lot of things you were talking about the the steps that they drop and um the things that you're just like, why are you showing me this? It's really hard to sort of engage with it again. Mm-hmm. And with Mad Men, it's back to that question you were asking me about sexism. In the first run through, I just am so engaged by the story they're telling. And the first season is not in any way a reflection of how good it becomes with Mad Men. You sort of get into their world and then some of the story, like you can see the writers getting better at their job in Mad Men they get so much better and so much more confident and kind of deft with a lot of the steps that they use. And you're, it's, it's impressive, particularly the last season, which took them two years to write because they had to have a year off. So I think Breaking Bad could... I don't know, they had issues with the money somehow. Mm-hmm. Oh, Matt, the, Matt Weiner didn't want to um, go back unless he had a certain amount of money and they wouldn't do it. So he said, all right, we'll just have a year off. And they gave him like $5 million. And so something in the current season, there's an episode with like a song from the Beatles in it. And that's the reason why Breaking Bad only has 16 episodes of the last season is because they spent $5 million on Mad Men. So screw you. And I'm listening to this song by the Beatles. I'm like, we paid Breaking Bad for this? Come on. Anyway, but it is remarkable in the storytelling that they're using but the sexism is so much more apparent on the rewatch as well I could just I don't know there's a certain I think falling in love you have with the characters and a and the sense of immediacy you have in watching what goes on with them that if you don't have a connection to the characters beyond that mm-hmm. um, it's very hard to then watch it again and you know Mad Men said in the 60s and the stuff that happens to the women is you know appalling for the most part 
Um, they get to wear nice dresses, though. Beautiful dresses. Mm. Beautiful. Mm. They inspire me as a lady. Oh, good. Mm. Uh, Thanks, Scott. Yeah. That, that was really interesting. Oh, I hope it wasn't was, too thesis-y. Well, no, it was, it was fine for me. Paul, how's uh, thumbs up, thumbs down? Yeah, thumbs up. All right, good. Thanks, Paul. Good. Are you one of those that follows follows the Get me a jury and show me how you can say in July and I'll go down on you. So uh, last Monday probably uh Freeview released uh whatever it is some days ago, eight days ago, something like that. Back at the start of whatever. Spring. Start of spring, yeah. Start of September. Yep. So exciting. I know. It's in the air already. Freeview. Yeah, that, that is also in that the air. That is also in the air. Freeview launched a new advertisement. Dun, dun, dun. This is it here now. The moon belongs to everyone. The best things in life are free. Stars belong to everyone. They gleam there for you. Freeview, the best TV, absolutely free. That's a, that's a clearly not not a cheap ad, not a really expensive ad, but not a not a cheap ad. No. Uh, they've uh, they, they've hired the I think it's the Melbourne Scar Orchestra mm-hmm. uh, to uh, to record a song in uh, uh, in in a studio all at once with a whole lot of C uh, uh, grade Australian Australian. Well, they're just Australian personnel Australian TV personalities. There's no grade. There's for no that. grading. My bad. Uh, they all get invited to to the Logies. The uh, <laughs> And they're, and they're kind of watch, maybe watching along. Maybe they're in the same room. Well, kind of. It's supposed to look like to the, they are to, to the beach. Uh, and intercut with all of that are very, very short snips from shows that you will probably only see on uh, free to air TV, or you will only see them on free to air TV first. Is my understanding. It's not very easy to know because unlike the uh, the the summer uh, cavalcade of stars ads that networks put out, mm. where they uh, try to show you all the reasons to watch their network, which is essentially what this ad is for Freeview. They're trying to give you reasons to connect with Freeview yes. and uh, and believe that you are a part of a Freeview community. And these are the shows that I like to watch. And this is what I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch Freeview stations. Ah. Those Sorry. things that, that are on, say, you know, Channel 9 does does one through the year with things that are uh, well, underbelly. And, balls or whatever. And, yeah. But you get enough time to recognise what it is that you're looking at, connect to it, feel the emotional connection that you would ordinarily get from the same as if somebody mentioned it at a party and you went, oh, I watched that show, I love it. Mm. That kind of feeling uh, comes through in those promos. In this Freeview one, it really doesn't. It's just kind of, what was that show? What was that show? What was that show? You feel what a was bit bombarded. Show? Yes. Yeah. It is so quick. There is no emotional attachment to to any of these shows. And there might be. I mean, I, the only one that I can remember that, a wasn't a you know a live or a a, a panel show mm. was Miss Fisher's Murders, uh, Mrs. Fisher's Murder Mysteries, whatever it's called. Miss- Lily Hammer was in there as well. Yeah, Lily Hammer did make an appearance at the beginning. It's the only foreign a, show. A few, a few appearances I, in there. I thought one of them like Downton Abbey, but I don't think it could possibly be. Uh, the that's on free. And then Adam from Master Chef show. Adam Hills. I saw Adam Hills. Will Adam Anderson. Hills, Will Anderson could be the same person. The um. The, that's that's Will's joke. I, not mine. They're not uh, even yes. anyway. The uh, but yeah. So so there are, there are some personalities there. It's really hard to to know what they're trying to sell, other than all of this stuff is free. I think that I think that it's a it's like a hype reel of you know this is all the reasons you can be still be excited about free to air television. Glenn Peters brought our attention to this. Mm. Uh, he, he works in the world of advertising. He thought it was uh, quite a good ad. Uh, I wanted to talk about it in a show that he's not in, so he can't defend himself. And <laughs> uh, and I don't, I don't think it's a good ad for, 
for all the reasons that I've that I've said. One thing that he said though in his email to us was it does open up an argument for torrenting. What? Because you don't have to deal with all these twats. <laughs> no. Uh, I was going to say because uh, the whole best things in life are free thing. Oh, nice. You know, that, yeah, I can see that. that. Yeah. Uh, so. Whoopsie daisy. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just know, Freeview, you're trying very hard and it's just not coming across. It's embarrassing a little bit. I don't buy it. Courtney Huffy, if you're going to watch one thing. I am watching the third season of Louis uh, on the Intima webs. Uh, it's, you can just watch it or you can, you know, download it depending on your mode of uh, stealthy stealing. It's also on ABC2. Yeah, not yeah, the latest only season. only the first season. Yeah. Uh, the first season, really? Yeah. Right it's back to the old. start, mate. Um, and it so, is wonderful. So you get you, once once a week. You are heavily reminded of your own mortality. <laughs> it's it's like depressing heroin. <laughs> it is so good and so bad. I love it. It makes me so happy. I think you've just described heroin, <laughs> Brett. If you're going to watch one thing, now I I missed out on uh, on last week, or, or in fact over the last few weeks, uh, mentioning that Fresh Meat has been on air on Channel Eleven on. At, uh, on Sunday night. Oh, the, the excellent UK yeah. uh, series. I had no idea that it was on the telly. I, I don't even think that uh, I, I went much beyond the fifth episode after our review of it. Oh. Uh, go back to episode uh, yeah. 270 Epis- or something. Yeah, go back to episode. Is Toby Halligan here? No, that's his job. Shut up. It was a great series. Um, <laughs> if you can check it out on, on uh, Channel 10's Catch Up Online thing, then uh, I, I commend it to you. Suits. On seven. Hang on a so second. Hang on, this wait, is wait, the second wait. Thing. wait, wait, wait. This no. is the no, 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 second no. thing. This is because Fresh no. Meat finished no. last night. Yeah, but you, well, you can't. This, then why last did you? Ra- oh. This is a this is a second thing. How long have this, you been doing this so for? And you thing. still he don't know how to do this. So you know, Paul. Oh, Paul. Paul is now saying that you can make it his thing. Excellent. Paul, you're enabling him. You are such. You are such a Brett Cropley apologist, Paul. Yes. All right. What is your one thing? Channel 7 Monday nights at 11, 10 p.m. or around about that. Uh, 11, 10 is the time tonight. Suits. Uh, they've got the second series of that on, which was uh, Gabrielle Macht and uh, that that uh, good-looking young guy. Is your name really Paul Hollywoodhausen? That's my question. No. Oh, because he's such an apologist. Yeah. Because he apologizes all the time. Yeah. If I was going to watch one thing this week, it would be Doctor Who on iView because I think Again. we should... Encourage that behaviour. But you've already watched it. I think we should encourage that kind of behaviour from uh, from ABC. Last uh, the, the first episode was seventy five thousand in the first day. Let's try to make the second episode eighty thousand. Third episode eighty five thousand. Let's make it keep going up and up and up by five thousand exactly. It, yeah. If it's not, I'm going to find you all. <laughs> hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Well, that, that brings us to the end of uh, Box Cutters episode uh, 318. Hey, pork. 318. No, no, that's it. No pork. No pork. Okay. No pork. We've run long. Uh, I don't want to blame Paul because uh, he's a guest. But it would be rude. But we wait wait till he leaves. But ordinarily, we'll ordinarily, when he's not here, we don't run long. We run perfectly to time. So <laughs> that's the funniest thing you've ever said. Oh. <laughs> no, it's That's, not. That really saddens me. Because really good on the radio recently. We, we, we don't normally. <laughs> the, as, so yeah, no, no pork. Uh, nothing to nothing to plug either because the Acme shows. Oh, over. I've Brett, got something to Brett, plug. You, you were there. You were at the Acme show. It was uh, that was good fun. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. I was I was on so many cold and flu meds. I have no recollection of it. Uh, but yeah, it was good. Mm-hmm. Great, mm-hmm. great, good. Good crowd. Yeah, I'm glad. glad Interesting. <laughs> I am currently working on a website called LimitedNews.com.au, mm-hmm. which is uh, it's a sort of entertaining collection of uh, different people from all around Australia who are writing field opinions and uh, stuff. You 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 wrote an interactive piece where uh, where someone could put their uh, put themselves 
in the shoes of uh, ladies of a lady. Of a lady, you could put spend your day in, as a lady. Put yourself in a lady's shoes. Yeah, that's right. Wear some heels for Shut free. Yeah, for so, free and in public, <laughs> but not in pictures way. Just words. Mm. Um, so it's really fun, and we're really proud of it, and we work really hard. So if you want to have a look, limitednews.com.au. Check it out. We'll, we'll put a link on the uh, on yeah. the Boxcutters website. Nobody goes to that, but uh, there's a website. Yeah, yeah, it's at boxcutters.net. It's, you can also you link, email us. You link through his Twitter and then his Tumblr and his blog, and then it goes to our website. Yes, yeah. you, have to go, you have to check out the full profile though. Or you could just you could just go to boxcutters.net. <laughs> that brings us to the end of Boxcutters episode three hundred and eighteen. I want to say thanks very much to Paul Jackson. You are you, you are a wonder, sir. That's. You're welcome. We, we appreciate it. Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. My name's Courtney Hocking. I'm Paul Jackson. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bad time. Same bad channel. <laughs> God, what was that? And hey, let's be careful out there. My name is Paul Jackson, and I donated to the Box Cutters South by Southwest Fund. This episode of Box Cutters were produced was produced by Josh Canal, Courtney Hocking and Brett Cropley with Glenn Peters and John Richards, although I didn't see either of those guys. Brett Cropley does wonders on the panel. Peter Wilson from Soup Giant has never seen Star Wars, but he does. That doesn't sound like you've written that very well. Oh, sorry. Josh. Let me fix that. I can't work with idiots. What's going on? Sorry. Peter Wilson from Soup Giant has never seen Star Wars, but he does make the servers do all the great things. John Richard edits this show, and I curse him when it's late. Box Cutters thanks 3RRR, whose studios we use to record this show pretty much each and every week. If you enjoy this show, just tell three of your friends about this show and help them enjoy it. If you didn't, tell them that this is the Grill Team. If that's too hard, you can always go to boxcutters.net slash donate and actually give them money. I do that because I'm probably the best guy ever. So, Brett, do you think I sucked up to Paul enough in, in the show? I didn't notice you doing that. Oh. So, I, Courtney did... Was no, it, you were great. Yeah. You are amazing. Because I, I want him to keep liking the show. Yeah. He's the only yeah. one. he's the only one who does. Yes. Yeah, he is our listener. That's, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's the only one who gets this joke. <laughs> Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Gutters. <laughs>